So yes, it's a bad pollen day here, as because uh, we have to start with weather. We do, and I've moved on to water from coffee. Ah, need to hydrate. Exactly. To hydrate. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Usually, you're that's with beer. So I'm I'm proud of you for the for the water thing. Well, it's it's not even eleven o'clock in the morning. And so. that stopped you when? I what I you know what I should have gotten instead of the water was one of those nice uh, non-alcoholic Bloody Marys that I've been buying. Ah, the yeah. There you go. They are yummy. Mm, nah, they are super yummy. I'm glad you like them. Yeah, I know you're not a fan. Not a fan, no. But you don't like regular Bloody Marys. I do. Oh, do you? Yeah, absolutely. When I was in college, we used to go to the bar at the Olive Garden. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and dip, because they had a bloody, what did they, they call, it was the, I forget what they called it. They might still make it, but it was a Bloody Mary with like, there was a, a rib on like, like there was Good so Lord. much food on the Bloody Mary. It was an appetizer. Wow. <laughs> the drink. It was a meal with a Bloody Mary. See, that drives me nuts with Bloody Marys where they put like a whole hamburger in it. I mean, come on. Yeah, it really, you know, I, I, the celery's great, like the olive's great, but anything beyond that is unnecessary, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Um, but I do love a good Bloody Mary. But that's not what this episode is about. Oh, you're right, it's not. We have a whole series of episodes coming up about potent potables, so. Oh, yes, we must do the potent potables, mm-hmm, Alex. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yep. Okay, so let's see. We, uh, as a reminder, we, uh, we have wives that are sisters. We do. So we are related. So we share some in-laws, mm-hmm. which is really most of what our bonding conversations. <laughs> it, it's interesting how conversations about our in-laws turn into conversations about alcohol and how, uh, you know, it's pr- and, and they're not, and it's not that they're drinkers. That's not why they turn into conversations oh, yeah, about no, alcohol. No, no, That's, it's a, it's a shared experience we have. Let's put it that way. Mm, Both of those. It is. In-laws and alcohol. Yep. Yep. But. They are. <laughs> I would say as. As the the generation X, the forgotten generation, as we are at that point, and and some of us may may have been at that point for a little while now, but certainly it's becoming more and more common, given the passage of time, that that our parents are aging to the point where, frankly, they need care. And what are you going to do? Some folks, you know, their parents age easily into the, their, their 90s, right? And live a perfectly sustainable life by themselves. But, but most folks don't, you know, in our case with our in-laws, you know, they lived, I think, you know, we live in Wisconsin and I think we were the closest ones to them. And it was, you know, like an 11 hour drive to get there if we wanted to. So when health fails uh, and when folks have been living in the same place for 40 years and accumulating 40 years worth of, let's call them memories, (laughs) i call them dumpster memories how do you have that conversation it's like guys you can't stay here anymore and there's no one close to you for a support system in in home care is not an option because frankly where they lived was not even available believe me i tried and this was mid-covid when it all hit the fan yep of course so so now what do you do well you move them to Wisconsin, and and j- just to to refine that, we're we're actually physically closer in Connecticut. We're about eight hours away. Oh, are you? But yeah, but the but the cost difference between having oh, yeah. them here and having them by you was was like it was like a third. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah, 
ridiculous. And I mean, Madison's not a cheap place, but it ain't no Connecticut. So no. uh, it was it was pretty much a, a decision at that point. We're like, well, we got to do something. There were several extenuating circumstances that required the, or I shouldn't say required, where the where the best option in the in the in those situations was that we move them to Wisconsin, and frankly, we we watch them uh, get them their own apartment. They're not in assisted living or anything, but it's it's that concept of uprooting their their lives when they were what they thought they were comfortable where they were and they've been here forever and how do you how do you have that conversation because it takes time yep it's and it can be frustrating because you you see the immediate need that this is not sustainable the current situation so we need to make a change how do you do that and you know what are the expectations because i mean like we could expect and and in some cases i did (laughs) which was not appropriate i think to say it's quite clear the solution is make the decision and do it. Well, it's just not that damn easy. No, no. These are these are adults, adults who. Well, and, and so there's a couple of things here in particular. One is that these are not your parents or my parents in this particular case. So we were having to funnel those hard conversations in many times through the girls, for them to look at their parents and say, "You can't do this," to two rather proud and stubborn people. Mm-hmm. And show me an 80-plus-year-old who is not proud and stubborn. Right. <laughs> who've been living on their own for a very long time and be told by the, the people whose diapers they used to change mm-hmm. that, you know, we know better than you and you cannot handle this yourself anymore. That no one, no one is going to take that, even if you're in the right state of mind. No one's going to take that as an easy conversation. Right. So there's definitely an element of, um, uh, you know, so to your point, how to approach this, mm-hmm. how to get this to work in a way where everyone sees it as a win. Now, now I will say fast forwarding to the end, it's been a, what, a year now? Yep. And just, just over I think a just year. Just a year. Yep. And, and I think if you ask them, their, their thought process now is we should have done this sooner. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was that way a couple of a months month after in, they probably. moved in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where, you know, you don't have maintenance of a, aging house to worry about. You don't have the money concerns that go along with that. You don't have inaccessibility uh, issues. You, I mean, just it's things are, are different, but getting them to that point, I mean, face it, we knew that. We knew that was going to be the scenario. Oh, yeah. You know, even all the, the resources that we had that we did research on, we said, basically said the same thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> ask them a year or so in, you know, how, how that feels. Because I, I don't think it's the I don't think it's the end situation that they're objecting to. It's I'm going to come back to inertia. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the thought of having to go through the process of cleaning out and moving. It's so much. It's so big. How will I ever get all this done? I I'd rather just sit here. I I would agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. I I don't know. Maybe I always had that sense that that was going to be a big a big hurdle because I mean it, you physically couldn't not look at it because i mean stuff holy hell that's going to be another episode uh oh oh yeah there's plenty of stuff but i mean it is the inertia it's like how do you even comprehend making a change like that i'm gonna say that that you in particular have a different approach to a lot of things you and you may disagree with me about this when you make a decision you're going to do something 
you you do it. Mm, I try. You, you, you try. <laughs> um, most people, uh, there is a disconnect between this is something I need to and am willing to do, and yeah, but I'll start the day after tomorrow. <laughs> the, it, you, you're you're much more of a of a get up and go, and I think and. I, I'm going to say that's less motivational and more impatience with you. Yes. Where this decision's been made, we need to do this now. Yeah, that's my ADHD talking. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 and to me, it does become very black and white. And I have often been accused of having no feelings. That is, <laughs> nothing could be further from the truth. I have probably way more feelings than one person should have, which is part of my problem. But in those scenarios, I guess maybe I have a, a, a I'm not as attached to like things as most people are. And so, so when, when anything revolves like change around like physical things, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it's like, it's totally impermanent. I was like, I just do it. But other, I realize now other people have like a lot of their identity tied up in their things, their stuff, as George Carlin would say, Mm -hmm. seeing that go away is like, is it like stripping away an identity? And then thinking about how do I actually do this? The concept is just too big. Well, you do it. The answer is you do it piece by piece, that old adage, you know, how do you eat the elephant? One bite at a time. Mm-hmm. And then you break it down into steps. And the hardest part of any of that is starting. Yep. Uh, and, and so we did the starting. Yep. Where I, I know a couple of years before all this became an issue, so this is going back seven or eight years, we were out there visiting in Pittsburgh and and my wife took it upon herself. We got up in the attic and we just cleaned out a whole bunch of stuff. Her parents were like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next time we were back, attic was full again. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, you know what? That that why? Why are we bothering? Um, but then when it came time to actually do this, it was, oh man, it was dumpsters and it was, I'm not going to say fights, but back and forth on, well, how could I ever replace that? Right. You haven't seen this in 10 years. Yeah, Why do you need it to be replaced? You forgot that you had it. Mm-hmm. Do, do we really want to talk about the box of dolls that should be from a Wes Craven movie? We will talk about that later. <laughs> yes. That's straight up Stephen King bullshit right there. But, mm-hmm. but this concept of, of, the actual move. I mean, that's the, the logistics of it was interesting. Uh, that's loads of stories there, but I'm thinking for other folks that are facing this or going through it right now, you know, what, how we went about it, you know, like our current circumstance, uh, like you said, to, to your point, you know, our parents are proud and stubborn. They've gotten this far in life. <laughs> <laughs> some of, some of you out there may be blessed with, with parents that realize that this is an issue and they don't even want you to deal with it. So they make the decision themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that is not the the norm. Uh, so it, so bless you if you have that going for you. <laughs> and and on my side, I mean, my my parents did that. They they left the house they'd been in for thirty something years and, and moved down to Florida. That's of course, what you do, yep. um, to a little apartment, and they threw away so much. And as they watched this situation unfold with our in laws, my, my father never got tired of saying, "Remember." We did this for you. And I'm like, I I appreciate it more now than I did then. And I get it. Um, it there's so much. But, but the funny thing is, a fair amount of what they threw away. Like, I have all the family photo albums. <laughs> I have my father's college diploma. I don't know why, but I do. You do. Um, but it, it's, 
I know what that house that I grew up in used to look like. And yes, my my parents did us an enormous favor. And part of it was that they had seen other friends who were passing away and, and saw what they were leaving for their kids. And they kind of looked at each other and said, "We that this is not fair for uh, us to do to them. Got so it. they, they, and they were, they were also 15 years younger yeah. than our in-laws at the time they made this decision and they were capable of doing it. Right. So that's, that is a big part of it. I think back on it and I think, you know, I remember having the conversation with you and the girls and, and even the brother of, uh, this has to this has to happen when when my wife and I were out there. How do we make it happen, and what has to happen? And we break it down into into steps. And who's going to do what? Who's going to do the due diligence on understanding what the what the auction scenario looks like? Like, how does that even work? You know, that's something I took on. You know, how do how do you you know what's it going to cost us to physically move them? I took that on to figure that out because it's kind of sort of what I do for a day job. But then, like, I, my wife was key in finding them a place. I don't know how many apartment complexes she toured, just so many, to find them the exact right place. Because, I mean, who knows them better than, you know, their kids. So sure. this is what they need. Finding their doctors, getting them set up, getting all of their, their banking stuff switched over, getting all of their, their mailing addresses stuff changed. I mean, all of these things need to happen. At the same time, like, your wife was really instrumental on wrangling the the current 40-year homestead <laughs> yeah. and trying to get that trying to get that understood and then once we did find an auction house that was nearby that could handle what we wanted to do somebody needed to be boots on the ground and coordinating with them and so that's what she did so it was a divide and conquer sort of scenario yep and i realized that some folks that are, might be listening are or you know only children and and that makes it that much harder i i totally agree but it, but in this scenario for us i mean it really did take all of us to engage in this process of not just the logistics of moving, but also getting them, the parents in the right mindset that this is what's going to happen yep. and, and knowing how to talk to them about it. Because I, I didn't. No, no, but it was the first time, you know, and but I have a friend who was going through something similar while we were going through it. The difference being he's up here in Connecticut. His mother is in Tennessee. His sister lives down the block from the mother. Useless. Yeah. So you, you start, you know, you know your family and mm -hmm. you know what you can depend on. And to the point where, like, the, the, the mom ends up in the hospital and the sister, you know, takes the ambulance to the hospital and the sister's like, yeah, I'll go check on her in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. It's like you're down the road. Right. And my friend's flying back and forth like a nut job. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a whole nother. Yeah, sibling stuff is yeah, a whole nother Yeah, time. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't know if I want to um, go there or not. No, no. Uh, but yeah, the the divide and conquer was huge. We were talking constantly, mm -hmm. and of course, and it's all it, there's so much psychology at play there too on who can handle what. Mm -hmm. I, I know when it came to like cleaning stuff out, I I think I don't know. You 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 may have different opinion or have heard different things on this because of course we talk to each other and then the girls are doing things and we're hearing back from them. So right. we get lots of interesting perspectives. Yes. But my my understanding was that my wife was fairly good at kind of cleaning stuff out, and Absolutely. your wife would spend like an hour on every single 
yes. item, like talking about the history and the memories. And it yep. and, and my wife's just like, take it, garbage bag. Take it's, it, garbage yep. bag. Yep. And that's why your wife and I get along so well because we're just like <laughs> junk, 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 junk. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. So know your skill set. Know your skill. That's exactly <laughs> right. Know your skill set. And, and during all of this, someone had to be in the position of distracting mom and dad. Yep. Be, because if they were part of it, they would be doing the same thing. Oh, we can't get rid of that. Exactly. I, you know. Yep, exactly. Oh, wow. And I think once it started, like once we got to the point to say, yep, we're going to do this. Okay, let's get started. And, you know, you kind of ease them into it. I think at least for, for half of them, <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a relief. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, for, for dad, I mean, we, we were there once and we had eight or nine bags of garbage that we left in their living room from the attic and because we couldn't, it was three, we were leaving and it was three days before garbage day. We couldn't put it out. Um, and we said, can you carry these? And he, and he was like the shit eating grin on his face. <laughs> he was like, I am so, he could not. And, and he, you, you, dad's a very mm-hmm. non-emotive person. Yep. The number of times he thanked us mm-hmm. as we were leaving, I've never seen anything like it. He was so ex. And it was all from the attic. It was nothing material that you could see walking around the house. Right. But I think it still took physical weight off of his presence. As yeah, as you think that stuff away. As you think about the fact that it, you, you inertia is the exact right word that you used, because he's seeing change. Mm-hmm. He's seeing that this can happen. I mean, for some people, that's having too much stuff around them. No, it's a it's a mental weight on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm one of those people, right? And I just I get it makes me anxious. And so you squirrel it away in places, but then you start thinking, how in the hell can I get out of here? Because of the stuff that just like the mountain of stuff and, you know, the condition that physical condition that they were in never going to happen. Right. They couldn't do anything about it. Right. So it's like, well, that's what we're here for. So let's, let's get this thing done. Yeah. I don't know about you. It, this, the experience has made me think more strongly about what I need to do around here. Absolutely. And I, I, I'm sitting in the basement recording. I'm looking at the, as I always refer to, the three bins full of wrapping paper. Because mm-hmm. everyone needs three bins full of wrapping paper. <laughs> and just all the shit around here. Um, it, it may, it's always been a source of stress for me. But after going through what we went through, and for me, about to launch my son to college, my daughter's not far behind, we still have a high chair in the attic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know... Um, Part of it was maybe someone will need it one day, and then it becomes a sentimental thing. But it's it is stuff that is going to if it's not our problem, it's going to be something we pay someone to deal with, or my children are going to have to deal with it. We yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, the watching us deal with it with mom and dad it ma- it makes me that much more motivated to just start chucking stuff. Exactly. We could get a dumpster once a month for the next two years. And it would it would feel great. Well, that's one of the things I asked for for my fiftieth birthday was a dumpster. <laughs> nice. And I got a I got a coupon for a dumpster, so <laughs> I'm I'm going to be using that dumpster this year. You can be guaranteed. Very good. But you're going to wait till I visit so I can help you lug stuff up from the basement, right? Ah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's the big plan mm-hmm. for our trip. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think that coming back to the how you engage to get this transformation started. I mean, you really do got to understand who they are and, you know, your parents and how you need to approach them because, frankly, I mean, yeah, we wanted to do this, but selfishly, a lot of this was for us because 
Mm-hmm. We, you have kids and, and a career. We don't have kids. We have two very demanding careers. So it's not like we could be running back and forth across the country right. a couple of times a month. It's just not going to happen. So we could not be the caregivers. So what happens in that scenario? You either find a caregiver or you move them to a place one of the, you know, somebody can care for them or at least oversee them, which is what we landed on. But that's like, how do you engage them with that? Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to my wife about it and, and saying, how do you like, what, what's the strategy here? How, what's, how, do, how are we going to know if it's working? Mm-hmm. You know, and we talked about, well, you got to know. And I, you know, it's like, I know my parents and I've got to plant the seed and I've got to very gently poke them because if you push them, they will resist. Yep. It, she was dead right. I mean, absolutely dead right. It was very gradual. And then saying, hey, look at look at what we did and showing them that there are options and that it's not an insurmountable task. My wife visited, like I said, lots of lots of places and took videos of it. And, you know, I posted them. I made a made a movie and posted them on YouTube <laughs> so we could <laughs> we could show it to them when we visited that there are options out there. Right. Yeah. This is a thing. We can do this. But you're right about it having to be, it has to be at their pace. Mm-hmm. And of course, the trigger for all of this, which I don't think we've mentioned, is that our mother-in-law got very sick. Right. And, and almost didn't make it. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe she did. Right. That became, at least for us, the trigger that this needs to change. Mm-hmm. But even then, they were very resistant. And I think it was until they totaled the car that they, we had gotten to the point where we had a down payment on a place or a deposit down on a place in Wisconsin, and they said, "Nope, give up the give up the deposit. You know, get the deposit back. We're not moving." And I think three days later, they hit a deer and totaled the car. Yep, their and, ancient minivan that was yep. that had no value, and, and that was the trigger of okay, maybe we do need to be mm-hmm. somewhere where there's help. It took a second catastrophe. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, if, if if we had pushed this issue before she was sick, they would have said, "Why?" Oh yeah, exactly. There's, there's no point. I don't know how to express the the impatience and the frustration that can build up. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's not particularly aimed at anyone, right? But it's like, you know this thing has to happen. And you know that it's going to take time in order to do it. And the way that you engage has got to be strategic in order to gain any ground. And that takes time, but it's like, it takes, I know it takes time, but you know what the outcome has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I will never forget when this all first happened. Well, when, when, when she was first sick, it was like, uh, what was it? April, May, May and June of 21. I want to say something like that. Yeah. And I remember saying to my wife repeatedly, we need to get this rolling so they are moved before the new school year starts. Right. Because once the school year starts, you can't be running back and forth. And and in retrospect, I mean, exactly, you laughed. It's comedy that I thought that was even remotely possible. But that was because, as you mentioned about, you know, you, you made an interesting comment before that, you know, it was somewhat selfish on our parts that we needed this to happen because we didn't have the time to mm-hmm. spend with mm-hmm. them. And... I mean, I, for, for that next year, I basically lost my wife and was single parenting because yep. she was out there more than she was here. Mm-hmm. And that was by necessity. Mm-hmm. And I don't begrudge it because it had to happen. But I, I, I felt like 
they were the ones being selfish, not looking at the the impact they were having on all of us and saying, you know what, we are causing a problem and we need to do something to fix it. I think that's natural, but I think that they did understand that. I mean, they're not, they're not selfish people. So, no, no, so they're not. I think you have, you end up having that internal struggle with, oh my God, this concept of moving. And again, the stuff is a big thing, a huge anchor, but this whole concept of moving, even if it's up, uprooting our lives and we got to go new bank accounts, we got to get new doctors. I've had the same doctor for 40 years, you know, um, that, that change is one thing. The stuff change is another thing. Having that realization that they have to do it, you know, having them come to that realization saying, yep, we know we have to do this, but then accepting it is, mm-hmm. that's what takes time. This concept takes time in most people's heads. I know some folks would be, I, I saw it in my, on my side of the family, some of my, my mother's siblings, she had several siblings. They were pretty quick to make their own choices. They're like, nope, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go here. Okay. I remember when my grandfather passed away, and this was, oh gosh, this was in 2005. Um, my, we were, at, it was the funeral was over. We were back at my grandparents' apartment in Florida, and my grandmother opens a drawer, pulls out a flyer from an assisted living home hands it to my father and says, this is where all my friends are. This is where I want to go. Wow. Like she was, she was ready. He got Absolutely lucky. <laughs> ready. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that was boom, boom, simple. Um, and, and that's where she ended up being for the rest of her days. And, and I mean, her friends were happy to see her. She had a community built in. It was absolutely perfect. Yeah. It really worked out perfectly for all of us. She knew where she wanted to go. Her friends, her, her whole group were waiting for her when she got there. So it's, uh, it worked out well. Uh, she and my, my grandfather had blah, my grandfather had been sick for a bit, so she saw it coming. And the funniest thing was, she was the 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 mousy little old lady who did whatever her husband said. And we had no idea until my grandfather passed just how instrument that she was the one who was covering the bills and who knew every she she was the brains. <laughs> she, she was like the, she was the accountant in the back room kind uh, of thing. Nice. Um God bless her. And we had no idea we never would have known that side of her right. if she had gone first. Right. Um although we would have because we we would have seen my grandfather flounder is what we Oh yeah that's true. Um but my 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 point actually being that what an easy slam dunk for my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just okay this is where I want to go. You just, you know, we're in, we're in a one bedroom apartment here. You need to help me get there. Uh, talk about simple. Yeah. We've got kind of the, um, both ends of the spectrum going on here in this episode. Big, t- big time. Yeah. But, but to, but to your point, it's, you can't move them unwillingly. Nope. And, and you need to give them the time to figure it out. We unfortunately had to go through, you know, both, both our mother-in-law getting sick and then, and they were still resistant. And then the car thing mm-hmm. happened and that was the trigger. Yep. That was the that was the and I still can't tell you to this day, you may have better insight, if it was one of them specifically or both with the inertia. Um I I think if I'm gonna guess, I think mom had the the um sentimental inertia and dad had the um there's too much to do inertia. I I would agree with that. And you know, when she saw what that accident did to him. You know, not not physically, but mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. It's just like yep. this has to stop. I completely agree. the The car thing, no one got hurt in the car thing, but it was 
it was the final straw of things he just couldn't handle anymore. Um, and it needed to go that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the, the weight off of him, as we mentioned earlier, with every single thing we did for them to make things easier, I, I, you've mentioned it to me that after the move, you've never seen him more relaxed. Oh, never, ever. And joking and happy and just, I mean, both of them. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not social people. They're pretty heavy introverts. Well, mom is pretty social, but it's not like they have a bunch of friends, right? So they're, they tend to, to keep to themselves and enjoy one another's company. And that's great. Um, but, uh, but having them come to the rationalization that this is something that has to happen and that I have to trust others in this case, trust my kids in order to, you know, to, to, to break that inertia, uh, and get things rolling. I mean, that's really what takes the time. And I think the key is knowing how to address it. You know, do you have a plan of attack here? What is your strategy on communicating this and who are the recipients of the information and how long is it going to take them to become comfortable with the concept? Yeah. And, and willing participants. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Otherwise, Liam Neeson's showing up and just kidnapping everybody. That's straight up Stephen King bullshit right there. 